Hello everybody, I'm Sean and welcome back to the Croc Time Podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing you with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. Today's episode will analyze the Roman Empire's economy and how successful it was. We will look into the economic factors that led to the empire's rise and fall, and we will compare it to the United States today. Ready? Great. So let's cut to the chase. The mighty Roman Empire was an outlier in ancient times. What is often forgotten is how incredibly prosperous the empire had become during its peak. While most of its population was agrarian, some historians suggest that in certain parts of Italy, urbanization rates were 30%. For comparison purposes, India just passed a 30% urbanization rate about 10 years ago. Yet, the Roman Empire had achieved it 2,000 years ago. Houses had heating in every corner of the empire and had higher standards of living than everybody during the Middle Ages. Literacy rates were estimated to be as high as 10%. Historians also suggest that GDP per capita was the same level of England and the Netherlands in the 18th century, before the Industrial Revolution. The Roman Empire's economy was a free market economy. Trade routes were developed, connecting the corners of the empire. Markets flourished and investors could buy shares in ships or mines and get funds with variable interest rates. During the reign of Augustus, Precious metal mines were discovered in Spain and France, which was then called Gaul, and brought about an economic boom. This boom, combined with low interest rates, increased land values, which then fed into higher inflation. Higher inflation led to higher interest rates and money supply dried up, which then led to falling land values, followed by a financial panic, a bust, and a depression. This happened in the year 33 AD, during the reign of Tiberius, Augustus's successor. The correlations to nowadays are astoundingly similar. If I hadn't mentioned the context or date, it could have easily been placed in the 21st century. However, this episode of financial panic is only an outlier in Rome's history. Romans were wealthier and more prosperous than ever before, and lived in an environment where peace and freedom were common. Freedom, of course, was limited as emperors did have absolute power, but you get the point. Fast forward to the end of the third century and this freedom and economic prosperity had completely vanished. The third century witnessed widespread political instability with terrible civil wars and massive barbarian invasions, along with famines, diseases, and falling populations. However, few would say that the sophisticated Roman market economy was to blame. The Roman currency was based on two coins, the aureus, or gold coin, and the denarius, the silver coin. The gold coin was used as a store of wealth for the rich and politically connected. The silver coin was used in everyday transactions by the middle class and the poor. Inflation was largely caused by the dilution of the silver content in the denarius. Every new Roman ruler wanted coins with his face to be minted and distributed throughout the empire. 
As older silver coins were retired from use, new coins saw their silver content fall. These coins still had their face value, but their fundamental intrinsic value was lost. As the silver content fell, the exchange rate between the silver and gold coins diverged. Since gold remained strong and wasn't debased, the rich who held all the gold concentrated all the wealth, while the middle class and the poor suffered. As the intrinsic value of silver coins fell, people demanded more coins to pay for goods and services. As the 3rd century saw substantial political instability with dozens of emperors, each one had to dilute coins further just to keep up with rising prices and higher spending. For example, coins from the two-year reign of Claudius Gothicus between 268 and 270 AD had a silver content of just 0.02%. Egyptian wheat, which had sold for 7 to 8 denarii at the start of the 2nd century, cost 120,000 denarii in the 3rd century. This equals to a very high price inflation. So, what happened after that? Diocletian became emperor in 284 AD, stabilizing the empire, finally bringing some peace and ending the crisis of the 3rd century. While the emperor remains in the history books for many of his successful military campaigns and his new tetrarchy political system or rule of four, his economic policies were absolutely horrendous. When he became emperor, he was confronted with a massive problem. He had almost doubled the size of the army, and the monetary economy that existed for centuries was no more. In fact, traders were now bartering, and Diocletian could not pay his soldiers with worthless coins. So he had to come up with a plan. He also decided to use a form of bartering, or tax payments in kind. The barter system had slowly evolved before Diocletian, but he was the one who formalized it into law. They came up with relative prices, or in-kind taxation. The army needed food, weapons, tents, and many other things. So a farming community would only pay taxes by giving the army a portion of their agricultural production. All products were relatively priced among each other. This meant that price signals in the economy completely disappeared. Tax rates would vary greatly from one year to the next. For example, if a harvest in the Roman Empire was great, taxes for farmers were low. But if a bad harvest affected a community, taxes would be super high as it would be fixed to a quantity of goods. The market prices of goods completely disappeared. This new tax system also had another terrible provision. It did not allow people to freely move around the empire and find alternative jobs. This was done to address the shortage of labor. Freedom effectively halted. Sons and grandsons were forced to have the same occupation as their fathers. It effectively became a new form of slavery. The Roman Empire's economy was therefore run by people unfit for their jobs. People became unmotivated to innovate and improve. Roman society stopped and became powerless to adapt to changing circumstances. 
The reforms of Diocletian had an effect on the European economy for a thousand years. They largely explain why many people to this day have occupational surnames. Zimmermann, Müller, Wagner, Schumacher, Fischer are all well-known German surnames which are the product of an old feudal society where each man was born and died into his job. This feudal society was first introduced by Diocletian. But we can't entirely blame Diocletian for his policies. He was given a bad hand to start with. His heart was in the right place and he wanted to help bandage up centuries of bad policies. In fact, we can trace some of the reasons for the economic collapse on the Roman welfare state. These go back to the old grain subsidy initiated by the Gracchus brothers in 124 BC, over 400 years before Diocletian. The Gracchus brothers are considered to be the first ever populists. The subsidized grain soon became free and hundreds of thousands of Romans benefited from it. This led to a heavy burden on the state and created perverse incentives for productive members of society. Why would a farmer work day and night just to pay taxes while they could get free grain from the state? This subsidy later expanded to include bread, oil and wine. This led to falling farm yields over time. The state's spending on subsidies grew tremendously, far outpacing its tax intake. Modern-day estimates of Rome's manufacturing look at lead emissions as a proxy for its industrial production. They highlight that Rome's economy reached a peak around 100 AD and fell 80% in the following two centuries to never come back up again. As the state was also faced with increased military spending, government budgets became completely unsustainable. And that is why emperors decided to decrease the silver content of coins, to save money to pay for wars. Rome's economy was also heavily dependent on slave labor, which dried up after the 2nd century AD. To summarize it all, inflation spiraled out of control because of the debasement of the currency, military spending, over-reliance on slave labor, decline in agricultural productivity, political instability, and weak governance just to name a few. As governments failed to tackle mounting economic challenges, they increased taxes, straining the population and businesses even more. The population of the Roman Empire fell, and a smaller and smaller proportion of its population had to pay higher and higher taxes. Faith in the system collapsed, and inflation caused a breakdown of the monetary system and a reintroduction of barter. People gave up on the state and the city of Rome. In fact, estimates show that the population of the capital halved by 300 AD after peaking in 100 AD. Spending on the Roman welfare state just grew out of proportion and was unsustainable in the medium to long run. When trust in Rome and its coins fell, it was just impossible to regain it. Bruce Bartlett a famous American historian explains that the fall of Rome was fundamentally due to economic deterioration resulting from excessive taxation, inflation, and overregulation. 
Let's now quickly look to the present US economic situation. The US currently cannot fund its army and welfare state through taxation alone. Over time, the US has been relying more and more on bond issuance and inflationary policies to pay its bills. Funding for its debt issuance is secured through the central bank. 60% of its population are either on state welfare or are directly employed by the government. Spending more seems to be the only solution for US presidents nowadays. Biden is running the highest budget deficits in history not during a wartime, and this is during a roaring US economy. However, one could also argue that the roaring US economy is due to extremely high budget deficits. In 2020, the US government covered less than 50% of its spending through taxes, and more than two-thirds of its bond issuance was bought by the Fed. In the Roman Empire, monetary inflation led to growing wealth inequalities over time. There seems to be a symmetrical picture today, as the rich keep getting richer. This in turn has created political polarization. The rise of populists and far-right parties is the clear result of great frustration in today's society. Rome became incapable of implementing much-needed reforms. The willingness of the US to implement similar reforms is fading fast. The US dissent has already begun, while its adversaries around the world feel emboldened. US power is based on its military and its currency. But following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the US froze Russia's $600 billion worth of FX reserves. Now others, like China, Turkey and India, took note and want to move away from the US dollar. The US's military strength is also being eroded, as they seem to be overstretched throughout the world and confronted with mounting responsibilities and challenges. How long is this sustainable for? Current US politicians, both from the left and right, are living in fiscal fantasy land where they spend, spend, and spend some more without a concern for the future. The reasons for inflation spiraling out of control in the Roman Empire during the 3rd century are eerily similar to the US today. Military spending is out of control. Political instability has now become the new normal Productivity in the economy has been declining for decades, overregulation is widespread, bad governance with zero accountability is ever-present, and an over-reliance on cheap manufacturing doesn't exist anymore. The only thing the US isn't doing now is overtaxation. But given the amount of spending they are doing, it is only a question of time before the US will have to change its path. Diocletian was the answer to Rome's crisis and the result was the complete collapse of an empire and the descent into the Dark Middle Ages. The US's peak has already passed and its descent is now underway, as challenges grow in size and number and decades of mismanagement finally catch up. The new world order which is emerging will be turbulent and volatile, but volatility also comes with great opportunities.
Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Croc Time. Please leave a review and follow me wherever you get your podcasts, and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.